Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby. Here we're going to discuss the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which was just completed this past Friday at Future Stars Friday at the Breeders' Cup. I'm Kevin Kirstein, joined alongside by Darren Rogers, and of course, Inside the Kentucky Derby is help brought to us by Woodford Reserve, who is the official sponsor of the Kentucky Derby and the road to the Kentucky Derby. Lots of Woodford Reserve was, I bet, consumed this weekend here in the Ville. I, um, I, I contribute it. Yeah, I, I, you have to, to celebrate the Breeders' Cup, right? It, there's only one way to, you know, help celebrate the Breeders' Cup, and especially on Future Stars Friday, where the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, of course, is part of that road to the Kentucky Derby, presented by Woodford Reserve with over 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford Reserve is a spectacle for the senses. I identified each of the 250 flavor notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to enjoy the finer things of Kentucky while uh, betting on the horses and Woodford reserve is definitely a part of that, especially after watching um, breeders cup juvenile, very impressive performance. Yeah. You know, it was interesting with uh, this weekend's breeders cup juvenile. I think a lot of people and you know, the majority of people were backing Cave Rock in that Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and it was a surprise down in Lexington at, at Keeneland where Forte, who just won the Grade 1 Breeders' Futurity down in Lexington, he upset Cave Rock in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and uh, here was the stretch call from Larry Colmus as part of that Breeders' Cup Juvenile where Forte pulled the mild upset. Rock cuts the corner, Forte on the outside, National Treasure between them, verifying his next, Cave Rock is taken on here by Forte, the two of them coming down to the wire, Forte on the outside, Cave Rock along the rail, and Forte has upset Cave Rock to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Well, Darren, I mean, that was like, you know... It was one of those where before the race, I think a lot of fans were keying in on the body language of Forte because he looked so much classier than I think we saw him in the Breeders' Futurity going in the right direction at the right time and stamped himself as the two-year-old champion and the likely Kentucky Derby favorite with six months remaining till the first Saturday in May. Yeah, he um, uh, very professional. And, you know, from a from a gambling standpoint, he he was the bet. And we talked about that going, you know, in last week's podcast, we knew cave rock would be short. I was a little surprised to see him as short as two to five. Um, cave rocks, a very fast horse, a very talented horse, but it was clear at the top of the stretch when Juan Hernandez dropped his arms to ask for a little more from cave rock who, who spent the majority of the race early on, uh, chasing Hurricane J. Hurricane J, the long shot at 70 to 1, you know, went out to the front and Cave Rock said, okay, well, I'm going to assert myself. Kind of went with that uh, long shot. So it wasn't an easy lead like he's accustomed to out in California. And anyway, Forte had a, a, a very professional uh, pocket trip tracking uh, down the back stretch. Uh, basically what he was in fourth, fifth, sixth, um, just relaxed. And it was midway around that turn that he was asked for his best run. He swung out, tipped out three wide, um, leaving the final turn and was able to call her 
Cave Rock, who I think is a very talented horse. We might have seen his distance limitations uh, for Cave Rock, uh, but Forte is, as you said, easily the early favorite now on the road to Kentucky Derby 149 six months from now. Yeah, you know, the the big wild card of that race, which you mentioned was Hurricane Jay setting those early fractions, a sprinter from the rail. And the one thing that I noticed is Juan Hernandez on Cave Rock. He was well to Hurricane Jay's outside. So it's not like he was, you know, shoulder to shoulder with him. There was some space between them. And that's what listening to Bob Baffert's post-race comments right after the race, he was mentioning, you know, he was sort of outside of that sprinter knowing that he's probably going to back up. So they weren't shoulder to shoulder, but he still had to earn those early fractions in that race. And so he didn't have anything go his own way. Uh, You'll often see fast horses early that are talented and you're trying to get the most dense distance out of them. You'll see a jockey maybe rate the horse or attempt to rate the horse in like the three or the four path. It's to get him to relax. And I think that's what they were doing. Juan Hernandez was probably doing, uh, keeping him out wide down the backstretch. Um, you know, we've seen that with an older horse, like life is good. Often when he makes that lead, they try to take him, you know, to the four path to get him to relax just a little bit. Yeah, the the interesting part is, you know, Cave Rock has had a lot of things go his own way out in California. That was his first true acid test. And you're right, the distance limitations at this stage, I think, may have caught up to him a little bit. Now he'll turn three. He'll likely won't run for the rest of the year. Maybe they'll maybe wheel back in the low south futurity. I, I doubt it. But it's one of those where, you know, as he turns three, I think we're going to remember this as, you know, even though the fractions were fast, he didn't have everything quite go his own way. Maybe he's not meant to go the longer distances as this road to the Kentucky Derby goes on. Yeah. You know, he's owned by Mike Pegram um, in partnership uh, with his partners, uh, Carl Watson and um, um, Wheatman uh, as well. And, and Mike Pegram loves to run and support Los Alamitos. So I wouldn't be surprised with that race coming, what, six, seven weeks from Breeders' Cup Day, that this might be a next target uh, for, for, for Cave Rock. Now, Forte, or for, Forte, rather, um, I, would, I would imagine he's put away for the year. He'll get the typical two-race prep in advance of, of the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, he'll start to breeze again, probably around the first week of February, but you know, how good is this horse? And there's one person to find out from, and it's his hall of fame trainer, Todd Pletcher. That was a terrific performance. I mean, uh, felt like we learned something from the breeder futurity. And, and uh, on that particular day, I read, thought he, made the lead a little too soon and when he did he kind of got to lay in on the horse next to him a little bit so we wanted to make sure this time if if we were fortunate enough to be in that position to give him plenty of space and kind of stay away from the competition a little bit well in, in, in the Sanford he, gets, he just got a lot of kickback you know and I think that that compromised any chance he had that day he finally got got extracted late and closed but he spent so much of the race just covered up you know dirt and kickback and just you know, never, never really got rolling until late. So we got that experience and then 
you know, the, the hopeful obviously was a, you know, a step step forward on a sloppy track. So he's kind of, you know, he's done it all. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a spinning image of his, of his sire, Violence. You know, he was a really good horse. He was, I think, on his way to the Derby when, a, you know, he had an untimely injury. And, and uh, But, you know, what, what really strikes you about this horse is he just, he's, he's a clone of his stallion. And, you know, that's always a great sign when stallions stamp their young like that. And, you know, he's... He's a very excellent mover, a really good mind. Just um, thought we had a lot of momentum coming off the turn, but you also know that when you you know you get to a horse like that, you're going to have to find a little something more to keep going. And fortunately, he did. That was Hall of Fame trainer Todd Pletcher, who uh, I'll tell you what, this horse showed every sign of wanting to move forward into his three-year-old campaign. And what Todd knew, normally does, as Darren was alluding to, you know, these horses will be likely done for the year his his most of his two-year-olds and then they will wait and go down to palm meadows in south florida and really that's todd's ultimate playground in the winter time where he gets all of his horses ready especially his two-year-olds and getting ready for the kentucky derby turning three in january of course and so this horse will likely end up down at palm meadows down uh Palm Beach Downs, excuse me down in south florida and uh we'll get ready and breeze with the rest of uh todd's army of horses that'll have down there. Mike Rapoli, who of course was very prominent on the road to the Kentucky Derby with uncle Mo a few years ago, he owns this horse with his, uh, with his partners. And Mike Rapoli was mentioning after the race, Darren, he bought a hundred yearlings this year. Wow. I think we'll see Mike Rapoli's name on the road to the Kentucky Derby for quite some time. He and Todd Pletcher, of course, a, a dominant team. Forte is one of their, uh, top two-year-olds that they have right now, the top two-year-old in the country. And I bet we'll see some more when they turn three next year and leading into the triple crown campaign. Well, Forte is a deserving champion, two-year-old, a winner in four of five starts banking 1.5 million, as you said. Um, and Todd was talking about his, his sire violence who Todd campaigned back in 2012 and in 2013, he, of course, was unbeaten as a two-year-old. He won the his debut, seven furlongs at, at Saratoga, came back and won the grade two Nashua, and then shipped to uh, California when Hollywood Park was still open, and they had the synthetic course. It was the Cash Call Futurity, a grade one event, and he easily um, beat Fury Capicori um, by one and a quarter lengths. He came back for that first race in February, which was the Fountain of Youth, finished a half length back of Orb, who would go on to win the Kentucky Derby. And as Todd uh, alluded to, he suffered a, a setback and an injury and was retired to stud immediately following that. Um, what a great bloodline violence has. Medallia de Oro out of a gone West mare. So, you know, Forte uh, has the look. Um, he's got the running style, the pedigree, and as you said, you know, he, you know, in advance of, of, of the breeders cup, we had pool one of the Kentucky Derby future wager that closed, um, Thursday evening. And obviously we, we, we knew that the odds on favorite would be the, uh, all other Colts and geldings. They closed as a four to five favorite. Extra Anejo, who we talked about on the episode uh, prior to this, uh, as being uh, 
a very promising cult who won his debut in mid-October at Keeneland, going seven-eighths of a mile. But Extra Anejo um, closed as the 12-to-1 individual favorite. That second choice was Forte at 16-to-1. So those that took advantage of uh, the future wager, uh, Forte at 16-to-1 right now looks good six months out. Uh, the pool, by the way, handled nearly $115,000 for the Tuesday through Thursday um, debut, uh, the earliest we've ever done one. Uh, and I think it's always great to always start talking about the Kentucky Derby, and we're doing that now six months in advance. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Extra Anejo, who I have been seeing breezing in the morning at Churchill Downs, and he's probably likely to be shown on Stars of Tomorrow, too, at Churchill Downs, which will be uh, November the 26th. It'll feature all two-year-old races that day, led by the Kentucky Jockey Club, which is the next stop on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Also, that will feature the second pull of the Kentucky Derby Future Wager that weekend. And so, Extra Anejo likely to be seen on Stars of Tomorrow to November the 26th at Churchill Downs. Darren, it was Future Stars Friday at the Breeders' Cup. I think we saw some Future Stars both Friday and Saturday um, of the top two-year-olds in the race. And, you know, before we move on from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, did you see any horses that were in that race that you think will make some noise on the road to the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, you know, it don't. You know, one race doesn't make a horse, and and, and I, I thought National Treasure uh, ran fine. You know, he's a son of Quality Road uh, out of a Medallia de Oro mare. Uh, you know, finished you know three and three quarter lengths back of of, of Forte. Uh, previously was beaten by Cave Rock. Cave Rock beat him again. I think this colt will get better as the distances get longer. Um, you know. Blazing seventh. I thought, you know, he, we thought the, the champagne was a little bit of a wild card and a question mark going into the breeders cup. And I think it lived up to that a little bit blazing sevens and verifying, um, you know, they're a cut below. I thought curly Jack ran. Okay. Uh, he's a useful horse. I think, uh, Tom Amos will have fun with him down at the fairgrounds this winter. Um, and, and the disappointing one for me was Lost Ark, uh, who was, you know, eased in the stretch and and, and walked off. Uh, he was, you know, at 28 to one. I thought he was a, a an interesting price play. He had a troubled trip going into that first turn of the Breeders' Futurity in his prior start. And, um, he never got going for Todd Pletcher. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you know, one race doesn't make a horse and uh, Todd talked very highly of Lost Ark too before the race, but knowing that he had to step up, obviously he's had two races where I think you just need to draw a line through. We'll probably head down the Palm Beach Downs in South Florida and regroup from there. Curly Jack, as you mentioned, he's a horse that won the Iroquois at Churchill Downs, and so he already has the experience here locally beneath the Twin Spires. Tom Amos is one of the sharpest horsemen where he spots his horses, and so he knows speed figures. He knows distance limitations better than anyone else. I think we're going to see this horse get some more shots down in New Orleans on the road to the Kentucky Derby. He was right there in the mix of things and just came up short in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Darren, one of the top two-year-olds that I think wasn't in a Breeders' Cup race, we saw on Saturday in the the opener at Keeneland where Bob Baffert looks to have another monster on his hands. Well, I mean, Arabian Night was an absolute 
buzz horse going in and he's now a buzz horse going out. Uh, he was uh, the first race of the day. I mean, it, it set the tone for uh, what was a great day at Keeneland. Uh, they were a fabulous host of, of the breeders cup. And, and of course we all know that concluded with, um, what a performance by flight line, but the day started with Arabian night. Um, horse was purchased uh, for $2.3 million. So there's no secrets there, right? No, there's, that's, uh... there's no secrets. A bloodstock agent, Gary young, uh, signing the ticket for uh, Amr Zadan, uh, who of course campaigned, uh, Adina spirit, Arabian night. I mean, this horse was fast and he drew off down the stretch to win by seven and a quarter lengths, uh, beat, uh, the Mark Cassie train determinedly. Um, but that was one, uh, that, that really sticks out. And KK the day before Brad Cox had a very nice two-year-old as well. Yeah. Giant mischief for Brad Cox is, uh, you know, one of the two-year-olds that Brad has purchased as a yearling. He got a bunch of his owners together and he said, you know, you're all out on your own. You're wanting to buy horses. They all had the same dream in their mind of trying to find horses for the Kentucky Derby. And so they actually all syndicated their money together. There's a group of 10 owners and this is one of their horses in that part of the ownership group. And the horse debuted at Indiana uh, horseshoe, Indianapolis, and then came to Keeneland won the second start giant mischief for Brad Cox. We'll likely see this horse on stars of tomorrow too at Churchill downs and probably in the Kentucky jockey club, the next stop on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Don't discount horses that Brad starts up at uh horseshoe Indianapolis. He campaigned Monomoy girl, of course, a, you know, a champion and Kentucky Oaks winner. And she started her career up at horseshoe Indianapolis. And so this horse didn't quite make our list for the first pool, the Kentucky Derby future wager, but I can assure you he will likely be <laughs> in pool two because uh, he's getting a lot of attention after his victory on Friday. Yeah, that was a very big victory. A three-quarter length win over another Zidane Baffert uh, fast horse uh, that was purchased for $600,000. The horse had one race under its belt. And we're speaking of Arabian Lion. He was the uh, favorite at 70 cents on the dollar. And both of those ran very, very strong and fast. We'd also be remiss if we didn't mention that Hal, simply named Gelding Hal, uh, won the display over the synthetic at Woodbine by three quarters of a length uh, as well. And then, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that, uh, I'm, I'm so moved by Hal's performance yeah, over there, the synthetics, but uh, we'll, we'll see how those horses translate they they often get hyped this time of year but uh they got to prove it on the dirt yeah the one thing about uh arabian night and giant mischief so you know we've had the stars of tomorrow one card at churchill downs where we had all the two-year-old races and a lot of trainers and owners point their young horses for that day however with the breeders cup just 75 miles down the road those purses were inflated uh, down at Keeneland and both that maiden special weight and that first level allowance and so you'd have to think you know if trainers have horses that you know are the top level of their barns are probably going to go towards those races at Keeneland with the inflated purses on Breeders' Cup Day and so I think we saw that with two of the top two-year-olds maybe locally down at Keeneland. So a check of the current road to the Kentucky Derby leaderboard following the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Forte is a top. He's almost scholarship to in at this stage. 
with uh, 40 points for owner Mike Rapoli and Vinny Viola's St. Elias stable. Blazing Sevens is next with 16 points. Curly Jack at 13, and then a slew of others with four. Reminder, the horses that are currently trained by Bob Baffert are ineligible for accruing points on the road to the Kentucky Derby um, because of the uh, medication violations stemming from Medina Spirits um, uh, performance in the Derby of 2021. That suspension is scheduled to conclude after this year's Derby. Um, one horse to just mention, one of those horses with four points, he did not make the Breeders' Cup, but Forte's performance has to flatter Loggins for trainer Brad Cox, who was just a a hair short of Forte in the Breeders' Futurity. Absolutely. And so, you know, they those two both ran huge races in the Breeders' Futurity, and, and Loggins is one of those horses that, you know, we included in pool one of the Kentucky Derby Future Wager is high up on trainer Brad Cox's list of top two-year-olds in the barn. And so Loggins didn't make the uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but he's going to make some noise on this road to the Kentucky Derby. And Brad has his string of horses that he sends everywhere in the wintertime. He'll be based here at Turfway in northern Kentucky, but he'll also have his main strings at Fairgrounds and Oakland. So, you know, the road to the Kentucky Derby obviously goes across the nation, but he'll have several of his top two-year-olds competing at both of the, all three of those, uh, those races. So again, the next race on the road to the Kentucky Derby, November the 26th, right here at Churchill Downs, the Kentucky jockey club, which in recent years has proved to be a a very key race on the road to the Kentucky Derby. That'll be the featured race of stars of tomorrow too. Also that same day, the Catalia at Tokyo race course as part of the Japan road to the Kentucky Derby, that'll take place as well that night so maybe darren rogers will be burning the midnight oil to do points for the japan road to the kentucky derby that stay day. tuned all right we'll be back previewing that kentucky uh, jockey club and we'll get some of the runners and some of the faces and the names that we're likely to see continuing on the road to the kentucky derby congrats to the connections of forte for winning the breeders cup juvenile and we'll see his name shining soon on the road to the kentucky derby for darren rogers i'm kk we'll see you next time on inside the kentucky derby it's-